killing themselves laughing until they almost wet their pants. Then came Peeping Tom, and Tom Sawyer, and Uncle Tom's Cabin, and Tom Brown's School Days, and Little Tommy Tucker, and Tommy Trot, a man of law. The Toms in literary history had let him down, and he hated them all. They were all a bunch of proofrocks. He wanted his name to be Huck, or Ishmael. Yosarian would do just fine. Tom? Different voice. A nurse. He can tell, because she sounds like Sister Terry from All Saints. Tom? Can you hear me? You're at the hospital, Tom. Your friend is here to collect you. Let it be her. Has he said those words out loud? Tom thinks he said her name, anyway. Hasn't seen her for two years, but he prays that she's come to collect him, because Tom needs collecting. Because he can't get her out of his mind. Sees her every time he closes his eyes. Sees the thousand things about her that turned him on. There was that lopsided way she walked because of the satchel of her uni books that weighed her down, and there was the fringe that covered her eyes, and no matter how many times he looked into them, he couldn't tell if they were green or brown, just somewhere in between. She told him once that the girls convinced her to do stuff with her hair. Foils, she called them, and he didn't understand foils, so she showed him using alfoil, and he thought, how bloody stupid until he saw what the foils did to her hair, all gold mixed with brown, and the way it was cut jagged around her chin, making her look scruffy one minute and cool the next. It amazed him how they went from being best mates and just hanging out, to having a bit of eye contact that lasted just a tad too long, turning their relationship into all things confusing. It had happened that time they were watching a band at the Sando with some of his mates from uni. He had stood with his arms around her, and his chin resting on top of her head. Nothing new about that. They were a tactile bunch, all of them. But she leaned back to say something, and that was it. Again. And he couldn't let go. Not when they were sitting at the buzz bar in Newtown having a hot chocolate, and his hands were playing with hers, and she was letting them play. And not when they were crossing King Street to go back to one of the guys' houses in Erskineville, and he was holding her hand, and she was letting him. And he knew that if he tried to kiss her... She let him, but he didn't. He was never afraid when it came to girls, unless it was Tara Fink. When the nurse calls out his name again and he opens his eyes, Francesca Spinelli is sitting there, wearing fifty emotions on her face like she always did when they were at school together. He doesn't tell the nurse that she's lying. They're not friends. He has no idea how the hospital even tracked her down. These days... His contact with her is limited to the unavoidable once or twice a week they cross each other's path at the Union, one of those incestuous inner west pubs where everyone ends up drinking or working. And you know how it happens. One day you pass strangers by and think, I used to hang out with them. But that was a world before dropping out of uni, and parents splitting, and two nights of everything with a girl whose face you can't get out of your head, and relationships falling apart and favourite uncles who used to call you Tom Thumb being blown to smithereens on their way to work on the other side of the world. Talk of Francesca these days is frequent amongst his flatmates. Two of them work with her, and most nights Tom is subjected to rants and tirades about the whack job in charge of the rosters at the pub. Tom walks away each time, because the moment the insults enter his ears, he'll be an accessory and he's never in the mood to come to her defence just because he spent three years almost surgically attached to her and the others, and Tara Fink. Tom's always enjoyed being a coward like that. But here Francesca sits calmly by his bed, clutching his backpack, 
and he hates her for that look in her eye. Compassion. Empathy. It's a killer. It disarms you when you least want to be disarmed. After his Uncle Joe's death two years ago, he hated looking at any of their faces, tears constantly welling up in their eyes. How are you, Tom? they'd ask, and he'd want to tell them to shut the hell up and stop asking questions. It's what he's enjoyed most about living with his flatmates this past year. They drink, they smoke their weed, they play their music, they have no ties with whoever they have sex with, and the days pass in a pleasant haze where nobody analyses how he feels, how he's supposed to feel, how he feels the next day, how he feels about the present, which is shaped by the past, that will impact on the future. With his flatmates, Tom just exists. I'll drive you back to my place, Tom, Francesca says. My parents are overseas, so you don't have to talk to anyone and you can just rest. He doesn't.